Chris said again, welcome to Communitas Church. My name is Mike Gary. I'm the pastor here. Sean, Emma, thanks for being here and playing for us this morning. Oh yes, always a pleasure to have you all. Appreciate you giving Kelly and everyone else a much needed week off. And so welcome to Communitas Church. We are a church that exists to love God, to love people, and to build disciples who walk in grace, who grow in their faith, connecting groups to explore their gifts and generously use those gifts to serve in and around the Brandy Lakes area and around the world. Uh, we, have, we worship the Lord in a number of different ways. And here this morning, uh, sometimes we, you know, we, we tend to, sometimes in our, in our evangelical culture, in our, in our lingo, we talk about worship simply as what we do, this, the, the singing part of our service and of our lives. And, and uh, you know, it's so much more than that. Part of, part of how we worship is, is just gathering together. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about the, the us-ness in Christ. And we've talked about that in, in Ephesians, is this notion of being with one another, submitting our lives to one another, opening up our lives to one another, because it is through the people of God that God often gives His wisdom and His insight. We also have worshipped through singing, the proclamation of, of you know, just who God is and what He's done, and singing out that as a song, one people, and we do that. And as we, we learn common language, common words, and we, it even gets us, you know, on a, on a physical level, singing and breathing in the same rhythm that continues to bring us together. We worship through the giving of, of tithes and offerings, our gifts, so we can steward what God has given us in a way that brings Him glory. And uh, in a little while, we're going to worship through the proclamation of His Word, the reading of Scriptures, uh, and the preaching. And before we do that, we're going to worship through the celebration of communion. And, uh, and communion, is, as we've said before, is, is a sacred meal. There's nothing magical about it. I mean, there's simply gluten-free crackers and organic juice from Costco. Nothing magical about this. But this is a very sacred meal. Why is this a sacred meal? Well, if you think about the history of God's people, some terms that may come to mind are, are that of exodus and exile. As we've spoken about the, the casket empty kind of way to remember the story of Scripture, we see that God continually works through broken people to bring glory and wholeness to the world. And communion speaks of that weekly. It's a very simple meal. You know, what... I don't like. There's no protein in that. There's no. There's very little fiber, but and but yet, it it brings us and speaks to this notion of wholeness and of unity. And the way that we celebrate communion here is we're gonna we practice what's called open communion. So you don't have to be a member of Communitas to celebrate with us. We just ask that you would be a repentant follower of Jesus. And if that is you, you are welcome to come to the table with us. Uh, and parents, we will leave it up to you as to whether or not it is appropriate for your kids to come up and, uh, and join us. And um, in a room this large, we understand there's probably some people that are going, I have no idea what this Jesus thing is about. I don't know what this communion thing is about. Uh, you know, I'm just here for any number of different reasons. And, and whatever your reason for coming, we're glad that you're here. These are good people to be around. And... Uh, and so I just encourage you during this time to join us in the contemplation of who is God and what is, what is He doing? In the world? Who is Jesus? And how did He live His life? And, and how does that 
influence the way that I should live my life? And who is the Holy Spirit? And how is the Holy Spirit working in my life to become more like Christ? And I would render to guess that if you're here, if you can hear my voice, the Holy Spirit is doing something in your life. So, what is that? And so we're going to just take some time to think about that and to, to reflect on that and to listen. And, uh, and there's some little people around here and they're going to make noise. And, and that's okay. Uh, so parents, don't feel ashamed if, if your child makes a, a sudden outburst. That is not going to stymie the Holy Spirit. Uh, that it's not going to impede the Spirit's ability to speak with us. And so we're going to take time to, to listen, to quiet our hearts, to still our minds, to ask who is God and what has He done? Who is Jesus? How did He live His life? And how does that influence the way that I should live mine? And who is the Holy Spirit? And what is the Holy Spirit doing in me or through me? And there may be things that will come up, maybe uh, parts of your last week that where we've been convicted. Sin that we've committed or walked in. There may be some things that we've done well. And, and the Lord may convert, can, uh, confer those actions and confer, confirm those times in us. And all that is so that we can better convey the gospel to the world around us. So I'll pray. We'll take some time. There's, there's no hurry in this. Whenever you're ready, come on up, grab the elements, bring them back to your seat. I'll read some words from Scripture, and we'll all partake of the meal together. So Lord, we thank you for gathering us together, giving us another day to worship you. And so we pray that in this time, Lord, that by your Spirit you would, you would speak to us. Convict us in our sin. Confirm us in our right action in the right position before you, that we better convey who you are and what you've done to the world around us. Pray that you'd quiet our minds, still our hearts, so that we would be able to listen to you. There are many bragging points that I have about you all when I talk with other pastors and when I visit with other people about how things are going here. And one of the things that people find very interesting is that we take time to be in silence and to listen. And, uh, and we, we just we talk about how, how unique that is. And they're just like, that's impressive that you have like 80-some Americans of all ages all together listening to the Lord. Um, and so I've said it before and I'll continue to say it that I'm very proud of you all. And it's one of the things that I love that we get to be a part of together is this listening to what the Lord is speaking to us uh, in this time collectively. So, way to go. Keep up the good work. So the last time that, that Jesus was together with his disciples, so he traveled around the, 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 his known world for some time with with a, a number of different folks, but then he had these, kind of these 12 that he was really tight with. And so imagine if you knew that you were, you were going to suffer the most excruciating pain over the next few days of your life. And uh, what, what would you want to do? Like, would you 
would you want to get together with your friends and, and, and you, needed, you needed them to understand some things before you left. Might you want to write that down? Like, would you, do you think that you'd want to have like a classroom lecture session? No, right? Like, what would you want to do? Would you want to just spend some time with them? To, to be with them? To share a meal with them? And so that's so Jesus, knowing that the, this would be the last time that they would gather together before he would be crucified, he he takes this this sacred meal. So they they celebrated this this meal for thousands of years after being set free from slavery in Egypt. Thousands of years previously, they continued to celebrate this and celebrate. And Jesus is saying, like, yeah, celebrate, but we're gonna we're gonna do this in a, in a new way. I'm transforming you, and I'm making all things new. And so with that, he spoke a blessing, and he took the bread, and he broke it, and he gave it to them and said, take and eat, this is my body. And as the good meals and the good times often do, this went on into the evening. And then it came time for him to take the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, we thank you for this forgiveness that you've given us, this covenant that you brought us into. And we thank you for your grace. We pray, Lord, that we would exemplify and live out this this communion that we have with you. Amen. Okay, so usually uh, we've got some blue buckets that are going to be coming around. Uh, feel free to take your cups and put them in there and we will recycle them for you. Um, every two months we do a membership vote. So we're just going to take a real quick moment here to have to talk a little family business. And uh, we've got a few people that have said, yeah, we, uh, we like this, this group of folks that we have here. We like the direction that you're going, and, and we want to be more involved. We want to we want to step up our commitment, and we want to we want to we want to be involved. We want to we want to articulate, and we want to commit ourselves to this group of people. And so, the reason that that membership is important is, you know, it's like we've said before. It, this isn't Sam's Club. This isn't Costco. This isn't you know like uh, we don't get membership points. We don't uh, you know there isn't there aren't dividends around town. Uh, you're not going to get a discount at, at any place because you're here. In fact, uh, in, in some ways, there will be a, a greater offense. There should be a greater cost uh, to our life. And so membership is, is sort of antithetical. It's sort of, you know, it, it's this submission to. Uh, it's, it's saying, yeah, not my rights, not my will, but your will, Lord. And so we've got uh, Mr. Chuck and, and Miss Leanne Mills have said that they would like to be members. They have met with the elders. They have been baptized, and uh, they're new to the newer to the area, and uh, they like to be members here at Communitas. So would you mind standing uh, so folks can, can see your face? This is Chuck and Leanne. And so what we do, we just do a, an open vote. And so if you are a member here, uh, you're free to vote. If you're not, just kind of sit back and watch how we do this. Uh, it's really not a great production, but uh, just kind of watch as... As a, as reflective observers of, of just sort of how we how we operate, and uh, so anybody who uh, is 
as opposed, or anyone who's for Chuck and Leanne being members, just do so by raising your hand and saying, aye. Aye. Any opposed? Excellent. So Chuck and Leanne, we appreciate your presence here and uh, your service. You are a member of Communitas Church. Uh, we also have uh, Mr. Gary West, who's hanging out in the back. Gary, would you mind just standing up for a second so folks can see your face? It is a uh, a bit of a labor. Gary drives all over the place. You will see him uh, around town giving folks rides, and feel free to have a seat, brother. And um, so Gary has been around for a bit. He has served uh, the Lord in a no- on a number of different continents and uh, has a quite an interesting story to tell if you ever get a chance uh, to sit down and, and just chat with Gary. He is uh, he's definitely someone to listen to um, and has some interesting stories about how God has worked in and through his life. And uh, so if anyone... Uh, so we're going to just raise our hands and, and say aye all in favor of Gary to be a member of Communitas Church. Say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Excellent. Gary, thank you for your commitment to Communitas. We welcome you as a member here. All right. I was very afraid I was going to forget that, so glad we glad we did that. If you're curious about what membership is about, because you know it's one of those things where you go, well, it's... This isn't explicitly stated in the Bible, but, but it, as we read about both in the Old and in the New Testament, this communal notion, this us-ness is, is laden throughout. And, uh, and it's something we'd love to have a conversation with you about what that looks like, why we do it. Um, and if you're interested, I know we've got a few people. So every two months, uh, so every other potluck Sunday, we do a membership vote. And uh, so if you've got questions about how we do that, why we do that, if you're interested in becoming a member, talk to myself. Uh, you can talk to any one of the elders. So Chris, who was up here earlier, Scott, who isn't here today, Bob, who will be taken off to Keystone uh, later on this week, uh, PJ, who's, uh, or PJ is no longer an elder, but you can still talk to him and he'll point you in the right direction. Uh, and then Lonnie up here uh, in front. And um, so at this time, we will continue worshiping through the reading of Scripture. And uh, we've got Miss Lily Wagner is going to come up, and, and as, she off, as she usually does, and what we so appreciate, part of, you know, it's easy for us to get focused on what we have right in front of us, right? Like, we've, we can admit that we're a little bit narcissistic, that's to say that we're a little bit selfish from time to time, and we, you know, especially in the, in the world of algorithms and hyper-focused news, like, we could be standing next to one another and Googling different stories and what comes up on my feed will come up differently on your feed, right? And so we can get things that are so catered and tailored to who we are that we often forget the great scope of God's saving work. And so one of the things that I, that I love is uh, Lily's going to come up and, and read to us um, in Indonesian. And so this is the, it'll be the same Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 14 uh, that we've read in the last few weeks. And I'll be preaching specifically on verses 7 and 8. And so Lily's going to come up and she's going to read in Indonesian and she'll indicate uh, what verses we're in. Sarah will, will scroll through with those verses. So we'll be able to read along in English and then listen in Indonesian that we would just begin to understand the, the great scope of God's saving mercy and that we'd be reminded that people all around the world, not just here in Brainerd, not just here in Minnesota, or the U.S. of A. are blessed by the Lord, and that the Lord is seeking to save those who do not know Him. So, Lily, whenever you're ready. So, I'll be reading Ephesians, which is in Indonesian, says Ephesus, um, 
chapter 1:3-14 Surat Paulus kepada jemaat di Efesus chapter 1 ayat 3 sampai 14 verse 3 Terpujilah Allah dan Bapa Tuhan kita Yesus Kristus yang dalam Kristus telah mengaruniakan kepada kita sebagai berkat rohani di dalam surga 4 Sebab di dalam dia Allah telah memilih kita sebelum dunia dijadikan supaya kita kudus dan tak bercacat di hadapannya. 5. Dalam kasih ia telah menentukan kita dari semula oleh Yesus Kristus untuk menjadi anak-anaknya sesuai dengan kerelaan kehendaknya. 6. Supaya terpujilah kasih karunianya yang mulia yang dikaruniakannya kepada kita dalam dia yang dikasihinya. 7. Sebab di dalam dia dan oleh darahnya kita beroleh penebusan yaitu pengampunan dosa menurut kekayaan kasih karunianya. 8. Yang dilimpahkannya kepada kita dalam segala hikmat dan pengertian. 9. Sebab ia telah menyatakan rahasia kehendaknya kepada kita sesuai dengan rencana kerelaannya, yaitu rencana kerelaan yang dari semula telah ditetapkannya di dalam Kristus. 10. Sebagai persiapan kegenapan waktu untuk mempersatukan di dalam Kristus sebagai kepala segala sesuatu, baik yang di surga maupun di, yang di bumi. 11. Aku katakan, di dalam Kristus, karena di dalam dialah kami mendapat bagian yang dijanjikan. Kami yang dari semula ditentukan untuk menerima bagian itu sesuai dengan maksud Allah yang di dalam segala sesuatu bekerja menurut keputusan kehendaknya. 12. Supaya kami yang sebelumnya telah menaruh harapan kepada Kristus boleh menjadi puji-pujian bagi kemuliaannya. 13. Di dalam dia, kamu juga karena kamu telah mendengar firman kebenaran, yaitu Injil keselamatanmu, di dalam dia kamu juga ketika kamu percaya dimeteraikan dengan roh kudus yang dijanjikannya itu. 14. Dan roh kudus itu adalah jaminan bagian kita sampai kita memperoleh seluruhnya. yaitu penembusan yang menjadikan kita milik Allah untuk memuji kemuliaannya. Amen. Thank you Lily and thank you Lord for your word. And we see the way that it continues to thunder down eternity and we praise you that you continue to work in and through the lives of your people regardless of language spoken, country of origin, color of skin. And Lord, we pray that we would continue to be a people who are conformed more and more into your image. And that we would continue to learn greater and greater how to speak your word to your world. Amen. Okay. Kids. Thanks for hanging out in here with us this morning. This is the time of our service where you get to head out toward that door over there. And Lily and Sarah and Sandy and Leanne have a great lesson planned out for you. 
back there today. And so, Lord, we thank you for these kids. Uh, what a privilege it is to uh, be a part of the church with them, to serve alongside them. So we thank you for Lily and Sarah and Sandy and Leanne and Pam and Bob and all those who serve back in the children's ministry. We know that is not a second-class occupation, and so we pray, Lord, that we would be a people who exemplifies what it is to follow you. Amen. Uh, does anyone like oatmeal? Do you have anybody that likes oatmeal? Is there anyone who would prefer to have like chocolate cake instead of oatmeal for, for breakfast? Bob. Bob does. Bob, do you want to come up here and... Uh, and and do, I, I know you love the limelight. Do you want to? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why would you change your mind about cake? <laughs> oh, all right. So, uh, I mean, you're a pretty, like, a fairly strong guy, right? You're you're still loose from the last. So Bob spent the better part of the last week doing a bunch of work in the, the back office so that we'd have more room in our uh, nursery space. So thanks, Bob. This isn't going to end well. <laughs> why, why wouldn't it end well, Bob? Because I can see yeah, these are, these are kitchen tools. Look to me because you're cooking. Yeah, well, you know. But you work with tools. These are just kitchen tools. It's it's kind of you know. There's no power mixer, yeah, but, but I don't work well with all tools. Okay. All right. Well, I've I've pre-measured everything. We hardly have to follow directions. We just have to take everything that's in there and put it in there. So. Okay. Well. Do you think I'm going to feed you any of this? There's chocolate involved with this. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to save that for myself. All right. So. Uh, but you think you can mix stuff okay, though, here? You're feeling limber and strong? Oh, yeah, I can mix it. Okay, all right, good deal. So uh, I've got some, this is kind of like oatmeal. It's oatmeal that I ground up. Eh, maybe, I don't know. So we should probably start with our oatmeal, right, in the, the mixing bowl. So we got we got that, all right. Still looking good. Um I like a little bit of protein in my oatmeal, so I got some eggs. Is that okay? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I also, you got to have a little liquid. Some people like water in their oatmeal. I was always a milk guy in my oatmeal. hope you're a better preacher than you are cook. <laughs> 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 yet to be seen, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, want to just pour some milk in there? I, it's it's chocolate milk because I, I, I this this is called lavish oatmeal right here. So like this is this is not just like normal oatmeal. This is lavish oatmeal. So yeah, all of it. Just dump it on there. Yeah, there's even some. I put some heavy cream in there because you know I just like I really I want a nice thick oatmeal. Yeah, thanks. Um, and uh, I don't know, like, what what else do you think we should like? Do you like butter? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to put just just the whole deal? I don't don't even measure it. Just I mean, take it out of the wrapper first. Yeah, and just here's a rubber scraper if you want it. Teach me to keep my mouth shut. 
<laughs> Don't worry, Sandra doesn't see you doing this. She's back in the back, so she won't. And Nicole will probably. Oh, yeah, so look at that. Look at that. Support in the home. You bet. Yeah. Unless you want something. You know, there's that. Um, I don't know. Like, you're a sweet guy, so should we, like, yeah, should we sweeten this up a little bit? Yeah. Not much, just maybe like a cup of sugar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, get behind something. All right. Um, I don't know. Like, do you want some? Uh, should we? What else do we have to put in there? Oh yeah, like we got chocolate milk, and this is lavish. Like, what would be a good like? Do you think some cocoa powder in oatmeal is like? Is that a good idea? You know, some of you are thinking you got like fifty churches to pick from, and you end up here. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah. And I, if you're not, I am. <laughs> no one's got it all in there? I, why not? Lavish it on there, man. Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, just cocoa powder. Boom. There we go. Uh, what else should we put in there? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I want to keep my joints moving, so maybe is this a little... a two-part sermon series? A little oil. This is. Yeah. Yeah. Fran loves it. Yeah. You want to... That looks... I think if we ate that, that would be a little lumpy. And if we microwaved it, that sugar would just kind of... Should we stir that up a little bit for me? It's brown sugar. I I walked over here this morning. Apparently it was still kind of cold outside. Yeah, we'll get in there and get that... Best part, best part about making food is, is that you get to just lick a little bit of that chocolate right there. I'm not going to touch it. You don't have to. That's this is all done. I hope. Otherwise, you're going to be up there mixing for a while. This was supposed to be a short sermon illustration. Right? Come on, like get to. Get the sermon is going to be short. You're doing great, Bob. You're doing great. Well, now, on top of chocolate oatmeal, should we maybe, like after we cook this, I think it might, I'm not you know, a culinary wizard, as you can see, but uh, this might kind of turn into more of a bar. We should maybe top that with something. I was thinking that you know, if we're going to make lavish oatmeal bars that, Maybe we should top it off with uh, like some caramel and some sea salt and some sweetened condensed milk, maybe. There's a clean end on this. Do you want me to scrape that out of there? I didn't lick that side. Yeah, I'll use that end. Okay. These won't be ready by potluck, so don't worry about it. If anyone's excited about that, we'll just a little bit of sea salt in there. Do you like sea salt caramel, Bob? You strike me as a sea salt caramel kind of guy. How how much caramel should I put in there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, somebody say when. (laughs) 
When? Okay. There we go. I think that's looking pretty good, Bob. You probably just put that in the fridge for later. But what do we what do we do here? That is a good question. Yeah, and uh, we yeah we made a little bit of a mess, but you know that's okay. We also what else did we make though? What did we make? We made brownies. Right, like we started off making oatmeal, and because we lavishly poured ingredients on there, we transformed it into something that's awesome. You took something that's like, I mean, oatmeal is good. I really like a good bowl of oatmeal, um, but what I would really like is brownies. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, if you want to, sure. Or do you? Sure, you just leave it there. That'll be fine. I'll take care of it later. Give me. Give me something to play with while I'm out there. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, everyone, give Bob a round of applause. So we just make lavish oatmeal, also known as as brownie mix, right? Because when you take, um, so as you, as you read today, so to to lavish. So when you lavish upon someone or something, transformation happens, does it not? So uh, the word lavish. So to bestow something in generous or extravagant quantities on. And so as we read through the Scripture verses for today, and uh, as Lily did, is, and like I said, we're going to be in, so we're in 3, um, or chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, but specifically we're just going to focus on 7 and 8. So in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. So we assert, and so this is, as Bob said, this is a, a two-part deal. So we're going to talk a little bit today about who God is and this notion of His lavish grace. And this is a verb. This is moving toward His people. Lavish grace. And then uh, next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about how we respond to this as his people. And so we want to, as we, we said last week, what, you, what we win people with is what we win them to. And so we want people to understand the nature and the character of who God is and what he's done, not just what he can do for us, but who he is, because that will constantly bring us back to the well. And so we have a redeeming God who lavishes grace to transform his people. And so now, if... Now, if we weren't just really excited about oatmeal that turned into brownies, but if, now imagine that you're, you know, we always want to talk about keeping it in its context, in its historical place, and remembering that, that God is writing to a specific people at a specific time. And so if, if you were, if you were reading Paul's letter, or you were listening to someone read it, and you were in Ephesus, and you were of, of the Jewish background, you might think about the stories of, of Exodus and exile. Whenever you hear about deliverance, when, when we read the, this, you know, delivered from our, our trespasses, that would be something that would bring us back to this notion of Exodus and exile, this time in Israel's history that, where the people were delivered from slavery. And now, we went through the, the casket empty, that, that timeline, and we talked about how, how the Lord delivered his, his people, right? And so, so Moses and, and he leads this mass exodus 
out of Egypt, people that have been in slavery for 400 years. And they're finally given, the, the Pharaoh says, go, leave. And as they leave, they go out with, with, with great riches and they, and they go out to the promised land to, to build and to extend the kingdom of God. Right? And so, what happens in that story? We see that there are people that are not only set free, like that would have been blessing in and of itself, right? Like just, just to be liberated from slavery would have been a great gift, would have been a great grace. Yet, God blesses them with, with material means and then goes before them and paves a way and guides them out into the wilderness. So he lavishes grace upon his people. Out of, and then a, f- a few thousand years later, there's another exile that happens. They're taken away into slavery. There had been a civil war, and one of the world's superpowers, Assyria, comes in, takes away the northern kingdom. Then Babylon takes over Assyria, comes in, takes over the southern kingdom, whisks them away into exile. And so the people of God are longing to move back to that promised land. They're longing for what they knew, the wholeness that they had once experienced. And God, working through powers and principalities of the world, frees them to go back to Jerusalem. And, and what does what does the king do as he, as he lets them go? He's like, oh yeah, and on your way. And, and so one of the, one of the members of, of the nation of Israel is like, hey, uh, can, can, we, can we grab, like, we're going to go right by this really nice forest of yours and we've got to build a, a temple when we get back. Can we grab a few trees? Would that be cool? And he's like, oh yeah, you do that and just, just grab all that and I'll send some people with you to cut it down and move it all for you. So God, again, freedom would have been great, but He lavishly gifts His people with with some material goods and goes before them to pave a way. And and so here, we're reading about not a a material grace, but but something further. And so so if we're we're listening to this, and we start to think about where are the ways that that the Lord has granted us freedom? Where are the, the, the moments that, that we have moved from, from slavery to something or where God is calling us to a place? Calling us to wholeness. If you were, uh, if you were one, of the, one of the Gentile hearers, could we get that picture of the temple of Artemis back up again? So we've talked about this for the last few weeks. Would, would you say that that is a lavish display of wealth and architectural engineering like i mean and so we did this review last last week uh but let's just do it again so height wise how tall are we talking 60 feet not bad 127 pillars all made of marble like yeah so not only the center of of cult worship in Asia Minor, uh, but also we also said that it was, what did it hold? Large amounts of, of money, right? So the Fort Knox of Asia Minor, the third largest, uh, in the third largest city in the Roman Empire. And to be like, 
Chicago of, of the U.S. Do you think that there are, there is, there's some lavish parties going on there? Do you think that there are some lavish buildings in addition to this going on there? Do you think there's some people with means that have the ability to lavish upon others great gifts? And here we read Paul. It says, in him we have redemption. Not in Artemis, not in money, not in marble. In him we have redemption through his blood. Forgiveness from our trespasses. Paul's waking us up that it's it's not material, it's spiritual. And as we, we talked about last week, and you know, this notion of adoption, not just who we are, but whose we are. And Paul's saying that as, you know, there is privilege and responsibility that came with being a Roman citizen, that with this gift, there was something that he was to do as well as someone to be. And so we get into this forgiveness of our trespasses, redemption, spiritual inheritance. We serve a God whose grace is abounding toward us and moving before us. So often we reduce the story to simply, oh, I'm just I'm going to get out of the bad things that I did so that life will go a little bit better for me so that after I die I can go to heaven. The end. But there's so much more. There's so much more. God is lavishly giving to us grace, forgiveness, redemption. It's always, see, it's an, He's making all things new. Not just taking oatmeal and adding a little bit of chocolate to it, but wiping the slate clean and starting fresh. Building within Him a people to go out and serve in the world around Him. And, and it's not that we would add anything to God. But this is simply His enjoyment of His character. We think about a husband or a wife who just simply enjoys the other. Not because they add status. Right? Like Relationships shouldn't be about status. Relationships should be about love and service. Should they not? And so this is, we, we see this picture of, of one, of the, of, of the lover to the beloved, simply serving out of his character and out of himself. Not because we can add anything to God, but because God has already given to us. Not out of poverty, but out of generosity, with wisdom and insight, abounding toward his people. And so, why is this important? We'll get into more of the, the hows and the nuts and bolts of this next week. But why is this important? Why is it, why is it vital that we see that God lavishes grace upon us? It helps us to see God rightly so that we can try to stop adding value to God. So often we see redemption and forgiveness as something that we have to earn, but it's something that we're invited to take part in. We think, oh, well, if I can, if I can clean this up or if I can do this, then I will somehow win more of God's favor. Or we put, you know, or maybe we've, we've seen some transformation in our life and we want to say, oh, and we, we begin to, to worship that, and then it's, it's all about maintaining a status as opposed to preserving a position. 
wisdom and insight. I love the last two words of of the of the passages that we're reading today. Wisdom and insight. We spoke last week about how we this wasn't a, a new idea, right? So like when God had planned the Exodus and the exile and then when he planned the Last Supper, he still had in mind our gathering here today. With wisdom and insight, he lavishes grace upon his people. And yet so often we think that we're going to outwork or outsmart God as though we have a better plan and as though we have more means. We're not going to outsmart or outwork God. And so if we don't see this, we're going to begin to see God as vindictive. And we're going to, going to see, we'll begin to see grace as cheap. As we saw with the folks in the temple, remember they, they brought money to the temple thinking that, well, if I give more, then I can get more. And God has already said, I'm lavishly giving to you. I don't gain anything from you. I just want to be whole. We want to make all things new. And he knows that without his presence in our life, we'll continually search out our own means of redemption and create our own curve for forgiveness. But the curve is not our own. The curve is Christ. And so what are we to do with this? We are to be a a lavish church that seeks God's wisdom and insight. So if we go to the beginning of verse 7, it says, In Him we have redemption through His blood. The the we there, and, and we continue looking at, which He lavished upon us. So often we can just read that as, as just me individually, right? So just like the us, and then we break that down into me. But the us that he's talking about here is communal. It's a communal us. It's not just the us gathered, but it's the us that is gathering together. And continue to, as we, we read at the beginning of this, this long eulogy that Paul has given, it's preserving of the unity of Christ. So it's how we're bound together. In whom are we bound? Do we gather just because, you know, as Bob said, this was just the closest of the the 50 churches that we could get to? Do we gather simply because we're going to have potluck afterward? Do we gather because we like hardwood floors and an aesthetic? Or do we gather because Christ dwells within us? And we're trying to preserve that unity with a group of people that we can go out and express, ex- extend that glory to the world around us. Because it is the cross of Christ which is the needle that sews us together. And this was the foolishness. This, this seemed foolish to the, to the Jewish thinking and, and, and to the Gentile thinking of the day. It didn't make any sense. Why would God use a broken people? Why, like, if you're going to go out, right? So like if, if, if you want to go out and you want to, you want to perpetuate any idea, I mean, sacred or not, like you just want to go out, like 
would you not want to find the best and brightest? Would you want to find like the most creative, the most winsome, the most captivating, the best looking people to go about like setting your message out? Would you maybe want to do that? Yet what does God do? What does God do? He invites us to take part in His story. He invites us, the, the lost, the broken, the uncertain, and the failing. And He says, in you, I am going, in you and through you, I am making all things new. I'm going to lavishly pour grace out upon you. My wisdom and my insight. And so they should start to wake us up to the notion that maybe although there's a lot of great things that are revealed in creation, maybe there are some things that we don't quite know and that we don't quite have figured out. And so this should always help us to approach the Lord and the Scriptures with humility and with a listening spirit that we're ready to walk in obedience to what He's calling us to. And so how do we do this? What does it look like for us as a people to both receive and to give this lavish grace? How does God lavish grace on His people? Through His people. And it didn't make sense 2,000 years ago. And in a lot of ways, and to a lot of folks, it doesn't make sense today. If you were to look from the outside and just to look, to step back, like why, why would the Lord choose to use you and me to go out and like, why not just get like an internet guru or why not get, you know, somebody that has like a PhD in, in something really amazing? Because he is making all things new, us, binding us together, taking all the brokenness and all the sin that we have within us and redeeming that by his blood for his glory. Not that we would hog it all to ourself, but that we would extend that to the world around us. And that in doing so, we would continue to be preaching the gospel both to others and to ourselves, further believing the story and the glory that He's called us into. And so that's part of why we gather. speaking with someone who was talking about prayer, and they, they made the comment that there's something that happens when you pray that doesn't happen when you don't. And so if I can hijack that and, and reuse that here, there's something that happens when you gather in groups that doesn't happen when you don't. If you spent any time uh, around any kind of herd animals, you might see that when, uh, like if a cow is, is sick, what are they going to do? They're going to separate themselves from the herd. And so often that is that what happens with us as people. When I look at the times in my life when I wasn't doing well, what was I doing? I wasn't walking with anyone. I was just walking by myself. We're meant to be with one another. Because when we are with one another, that is when God's wisdom and insight is poured out by His Spirit. It doesn't say that God can't speak to you while you're out walking by yourself. But it's been my personal experience, my observation from what I've heard and, and read that it seems that. And I think there's a reason that the letters contained in this book were written to groups of people and not 
because you're just a one individual. It seems that there's something communal and there's something important about gathering together. And that through that conduit of God's people, that God's wisdom and insight and His redemption can flow into and through us. So it's not just that we would receive, but it's that through our gathering that we would become imitators of God that would move toward others and from a position of generosity, lavishly give grace to the world around us. And so this begs the question, are you speaking the words of God to God's people? Are you speaking the words of God to God's people? If not, why not? Maybe you're saying, gosh, Mike, I, I don't, I just don't know how. I'd like to, but I, I'm, I'm just tripped up. I, I, I go to open my mouth and the words just don't come out. Let's have a conversation about that. There's people in this church that, I mean, like, they just, like, they talk and, it, I mean, just God is speaking. Let's get you connected with them and, and, and learn how. Is it a lack of concern? Because if it's lack of concern, let's have that's a, that's a different kind of conversation, but let's have that conversation. Let's explore why. Because if it, 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 there might be something going on within you and, and God is seeking to redeem that. And it can only be done through His Spirit. And so are you speaking the words of God to God's people? And if not, why not? And if so, keep going. Find others that you can train, that you can bring along, that we would all learn to be able to better spread the gospel, to encourage the world around us. And so it's my prayer that we would receive this lavish gift of grace and that we would walk in wholeness, that we would take this forgiveness and that we would be a redeeming force to the world around us. Because it doesn't make sense when we view it within our scope. But when we're able to step back and see God's perspective, we begin to see the wisdom and the insight that it takes to form a group of people that will come together and show God's glory and participate in His story to lavishly pour grace on the world around us. So, where can you participate? How has God uniquely wired you to be a part of this church? We talked about membership and we talked about people who are wanting to, to take part in what God is doing here. And so, what are the ways that you're taking part? How has God formed you to serve in the kingdom? And so it's my prayer that you would continue to explore that. Explore that with us so that we can collectively, not just here with Communitas, but as, as the global church, continue to move forward. Pushing back against the gates of hell to bring wholeness to a lost and dying world. And pray with me as Sean and Emma come up to close us out. Lord, we thank you 
for your church. And we thank you for your redempting forces. So God, I pray that by your Spirit, we would listen to you. We'd seek wholeness through you, not by our own means, but by yours. We thank you for the lavish grace that you've poured upon us. We pray that we would move toward you as you move toward others. We pray that you would forgive us of our brokenness, forgive us of our sins. And Holy Spirit, continue to work in us to make us whole, not just that we would know no more pain, but that we would take part in what you were doing. God has done a great deal for us. His lavish grace has been poured out that he would abound toward his people, that we would do the same as we imitate him. Part of that imitation uh, for us looks like uh, Bob Colbinson has taken some folks out to Keystone later on this week, so join me as we pray for them. Lord, we thank you for this lavish grace that you have given us, this redemption through your blood, not by our own works, but by what you have done out of your great generosity, not out of our poverty. And so we pray for, for Bob and for Sandy and, and for others of your church that are going out to places to spread your hope, to spread your love, and to spread your word and your salvation to a world who so desperately needs it. So Lord, as we go out this week, a church gathered, that we would be the church scattered, that we would spread your love, your hope, and your grace to the world around us. Amen. This time, Chris is going to come up and give us some instructions about potluck. All right. So, is this? Hello? Hey, there we go. All right. So before I talk about potluck, uh, if you are new here or you haven't filled out one of our info cards, they are right back there on the railing, kind of in front of Vern there. Uh, so take time to fill those out so we can get in contact with you if you're interested in more learning more about Communitas and what we're doing here, uh, being a part of what we're doing. Uh, another thing, part... Coming off of that, I don't get a lot of time to talk about youth stuff here. Uh, and as you can tell, we don't have a lot of youth stuff going on right now, but that's because we need people to do that youth stuff. We need people to be involved with the youth. So if that's something you're interested in, you can talk to me or you can talk to Lonnie. I don't know where he went off to, but uh, we're kind of working on getting stuff organized for that. If you have kids that are fifth grade and up, that's what we're looking at, trying to develop some classes or some meetings or kind of something like that, Bible study something, trying to put that in the works, but we need people to help us with that. So if that's something you're interested, talk to one of us. We'd love to help uh, get you connected in that. Of course, there's other things like the Children's Church and that stuff that you can get involved in. Talk to Mike to learn more about that. Uh, but yeah, fill out an info card so we can get your contact info. Um, that's about that. Uh, let's see here. Mike already covered uh, what's going on. Bob's taking a group of 14 people out to Keystone in South Dakota. If that's if something you want to be praying about, that'd be awesome. They got people coming, even a few couples coming up from Missouri to help out with that. So just pray for safe travels and all that kind of stuff. There's lots of weather that's supposed to be going on this week. I guess weather is always happening. But anyways, um, so that's that.
Now we get to move on to the potluck section of things. So kind of how we do potluck is, as you've kind of noticed, there's a bunch of food back there on the tables. But before we can eat that food, we have to kind of disassemble this and reassemble it into an eating area. So if you have stuff sitting in the chairs, we'd ask you to kind of move it to the back or to the sides or somewhere like that. And then we'll be bringing tables out and setting those up and putting the chairs back around those. So if you could help out with that, that would be great. Also. At the, I think at the head of the fert, like right where you get the silver napkins and stuff like that, there is a basket for the benevolence fund, which is something that we use to help people that come to us and say, hey, uh, we need help with our bills or something like that. Um, that's what that's for. So if you want to have money to give towards that, that's something you want to help us be able to do for people. That's what that is there for. Um, but yeah, we welcome you to hang out, definitely. Uh, like Mike was talking about earlier in the message, um, we want to be a body that uh, encourages one another. Uh, people have brought food and have lavished us with this delicious stuff that's back there to be able to give us a time to get to know one another. So if you didn't bring anything, that's cool. We want to get to know you. That's why we do Potluck, is we want to make a time where we can build up the community here amongst this church and so that we can get to know you and who you are and know how to pray for you and encourage you and that sort of thing. All right, speaking of prayer, yeah, Mike's got one more thing. Uh, fill out a name tag so that ah. you can get to know one another. And then avoid that awkward where you see the person you've met them a number of times. You look on their name tag. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so grab a name tag when you get to the line so that people know who you are. Uh, and then again, you get to escape the awkward, uh, I think I know your name, but I can't remember it, that sort of thing. All right, so um, coming back, I'm going to pray for the meal, and then you guys can get to work. Make sure you get your kids <laughs> and that kind of stuff, too. Don't forget about those guys. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you again so much for this day, and thank you for this church that you've uh, brought together, this people here, God, and just uh, pray that you would bless this food to our bodies, God. Help us to... Use the strength and energy it gives us to do the work that you've called us to do. Pray these things in your name. Amen.